Hey, welcome back to the show, guys. It's the I'm Just Talking podcast with me, your host, Cello. It is a beautiful Sunday late evening. It is October 1st, which also means it's an Italian-American Heritage Month, which I can't help but talk about. But I do want to say thanks for the listens, listens this week, best week we've had in a while. Um, some uh, different topics out there, some pop culture stuff and uh, some, you know, regular news stuff. So I appreciate the listens. Uh, I got a new country on tap at whoever's out there listening in Morocco. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, remember, you can find this show on Spotify or Anchor, Apple or Google. Um, uh, Pod Vine, I believe it's called. I just uh, got the, um, I just claimed that on there, Overcast, CastBot, PocketCast, I'm underscore just talking on Instagram, I'm underscore just underscore talking, T-A-W-K-I-N on Instagram. Um, I do have a Twitter, um, It you'll find it, it's either Cello0902, uh, the Warrior's Hammer which is a loosely based on my Italian-American name. Um, so uh, I had originally planned to talk about Brett Favre's sleazeball ass, um, and I may still do that. I feel like maybe I'll do like a midweek one, but um, with Italian-American Heritage Month um, in full you know, just starting today and um, with uh, immigration kind of being a thing, um, I felt it appropriate to, to make that my main topic. Now, last year I did four episodes on uh, Italian American heritage. Uh, one was how the month, why October is the is Italian American Heritage Month. Um, so we're just kind of recapping here, which dates back to coinciding with Columbus, Columbus Day and Columbus's, you know, supposed birthday, and the compromise or the peace offering the 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 government had given us after eleven Italians were were killed um, in New Orleans. After being accused of killing a police chief, they were set to do trial, and a mob stormed the the police station, and some of them were lynched, some of them were beat to death, and uh, that spurned the president at the time uh, to make a peace offering because the Italian government naturalized Italian Americans, and were very upset over this, and that's how. Columbus Day became a thing, which led to ultimately this month being picked as Italian American Heritage Month. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, the Columbus Expedition in general. Uh, Columbus, you know, albeit some and not very well-known controversy on whether or not he was actually Italian, um, was it more or less his Columbus Expedition that 
sort of spurned colonialism. Um, I believe, and I have to look back real quick, but um, I talked about several, or I talked about a few different topics um, that related to Italian-American heritage. And one of the harder ones for me is not going off on a tangent to where it becomes more about the Italian-American experience um, than it does to be about the uh, the the heritage or the things that we do as a culture. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, I'm pausing because I'm looking for, and I, I meant to do this, but I got... I got sidetracked a little bit because I was out a little bit later and now um, I have to work in the morning. It is not a Sunday. I, I lied. It is actually Saturday. Um, and this will air on Monday. So you're going to get five minutes in and realize that I'm an idiot. Um, we talked about um, the history behind the designation of the month. We talked about... Um, my memories of old folks, secondhand memories of my parents, things I picked up growing up as a first-generation Italian. Um, we talked a little bit about people we didn't know were Italian, which I thought was very fun and interesting. Um, things that Italian-Americans invented. So what I'm going to try to do and this is getting off to a freaking horrible start. What I'm going to try to do is some things that I remember kind of fondly about. First of all, I want to say it was Kodak Black, and I should look it up too. But somebody on Twitter was a rapper, and he said, why do Italians get mad when you call them white? Aren't they white? Something of that nature. And... That's a very complex sort of um, answer, and it and it's not really what I really what I kind of want to talk about. But short answer is, for me, growing up, um, we are. At least for me, it was always we're Italian. My mom's side of the family is Sicilian, so that 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 plays in there. So again, in true fashion, I'm not really researching, so I'm stuttering, I'm stammering a little bit. But so I'm just gonna go off the cuff a little bit. So I, I forget who the rapper was, but he tweeted, and it was like, growing up, we just talked about being Italian. We didn't talk about what color we were. Um, although we looked different than other white people, especially my mom, my mom's side of the family, very dark haired. Uh, my mom, especially when she was younger, a little deeper olive skin, um, things like that. But we always talked about being Italian. Anytime there was an Italian celebrity, they loved that person. Every time there was an Italian politician, the Cuomo, you know, uh, Mario Cuomo, was very popular in, in, you know, growing up in the late 80s. So it was one of those things that that's just how we we talked about ourselves. That's how we distincted ourselves. 
um, Italian pizza, you know, pizzerias were ran by Italian men who barely spoke English. Um, you, you, we went to, you know, an Italian hall for our, you know, uh, my, my sister's Sweet 16, for example, was at a place called Filomena's on Long Island. And it was, you know, an older Italian lady now, you know, Guido's, the supermarket was like a shrine. It's really a deli, but now it's more of a mini market kind of a thing. You know, it was a shrine to our Italian neighborhood. You know, you, you went there for your cold cuts. You never went to the regular grocery store. You know, things like that. So, excuse me, I'm going to open up my soda. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that we when we talk about heritage or culture. Because Italian-American history and, Ital and Italian history are a little bit, are a lot different. So we don't want to confuse the two. We don't want it to be that, you know, it's not really about um, Italy at large. It's about, you know, the big wave of immigrants that came here and how certain things, you know, sort of happened. For example, spaghetti and meatballs isn't really a thing in Italy. That's more of an Italian-American thing. You know, as different regions and different dialects, you know, started, you know, congregating in, you know, boroughs of New York City or down in New Orleans or Kansas City, I understood. As the railroad moved west, a lot of Italians, you know, were laborers, so they, 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 they settled in Kansas City. There is a decent, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Um, I hear there's a, a nice little Italian enclave up in, you know, Ohio. And, you know, then we come west and Italians are known for, you know, settling in northern California and San Francisco and, and, and then the, the surrounding regions because, you know, the climate was similar to grow wine. Uh, down in southern, you know, in, in San Diego, there's a little Italy, a little Italy. So as we began congregating and, and you know, your, your family sponsored you and you've lived near them, your, your neighborhood became. And that's how things like, you know, chicken parmesan come about. That's things like fettuccine alfredo, which... Again, it's not really an Italian dish, or you don't go to Italy unless you're near a big-time tourist place or near a military base. You know, they're they're not they're not doing, you know, fettuccine alfredo or pizza by the slice, and it's not a big, huge pizza. It's you know about a 10-inch personal, and they they cut it with a knife and a fork. Here we have these big, huge, very delicious, you know bending at the point of the triangle slices of pizza in New York and we have deep dish in Chicago and you know um i remember um having a you know the St Anthony's feast and i said this in one of the other podcast one of the other ones too but like italian americans the immigrant experience is different than what it than what it is culturally, um, we didn't we we had a turkey I believe at Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But we also had, you know, the different antipastos. We had lasagna or we had manicotti or we had, you know, stuffed shells or things like that. And we we had the Saint Anthony's feast. Better than go than gosto the gosto. I don't even remember how to say it. I don't remember that one, but it's something my mom wished me a happy one. My mom wish, wishes me a happy St. Anthony's Day. Um, one thing we did probably more when we lived in Italy that I don't know is a straight Italian-American thing is 
the Good Witch or La Bufana. So, like, my mom tried to hold on to those things because she was first generation. And when she first came, um, they, they still did those things. Uh, my uncle drank wine every night with dinner. Um, we always had a, uh, you know, a big, nice loaf of bread on the on the table. Um, you, you know, things like that. One of the things that wound up happening, too, is Americans, Italian-Americans, that didn't try to hide that part of their heritage where they lived in an Italian neighborhood, they spoke Italian, or what my father refers to as Brooklynese, that's how things like Gabagool came about, or Manicot, or Mot, or Mutz, or Prosciutto. Different Italian immigrants began blending together. So you may say Managotti, somebody else may say Manicotti, or somebody else may say Managotti, or something. And it just, they started shortening these words. And then the other thing that started happening, too, is Italians, after a certain wave, stopped really speaking a lot of Italian. They were sort of hiding that as, as part of their heritage because of, you know, the, the economic uh, challenges that they had getting work, um, the... I don't, I, don't, I don't like to call it racism, but the discrimination and the bigotry towards, you know, Italians. Um, so in order to not be chastised, you know, if they got a generation or two in after the big wave of, you know, 1880, 1920, you know, in the 1950s, 1960s, you were a couple generations in. You may not speak very much Italian, but you still, you know, you had a few words here or there, you know, the food. You know, my, my parents never once in their entire lives have ever said, do you guys want some mutts? Or do you want, you know, gabagool? Like, never once. No, no one in my entire family I, that I recall has ever said that. And my family came over in the 50s, most of them. Um, and they just didn't say stuff like that. So... For a long time, even, um, Italians still had Italian neighborhoods where everybody in the neighborhood was Italian. So you didn't have to really hide so much, but as they started blending these different dialects, words that sound Italian but aren't Italian are very, very Americanized, you know, begin to be, you know, put into play. Um, Sicilians were the first wave of quote-unquote Italians that came in. And the reason why I say quote-unquote is because Sicilians at that time were considered Italian. Well, they're still considered Italian. But the first wave wasn't um, northern. It was more southern Italian because the country was very poor. So you began to, you know, you come here for a better life. You find, you know, like people to, to hang out with. And then, you know, that's where the restaurants come into play. And then maybe there's some variation of spaghetti and meatballs in terms of, you know, the meatballs are, are a side dish. You know, you have your pasta, then you have some meatballs, then you have, you know, a salad or something. 
you don't have the salad in the beginning. Um, you know, uh, regular or Italians from Italy eat pasta carbonara, and it's made with a specific kind of uh, heavy cream-ish thing called panna. Well, they didn't have that here. They probably still don't have it as far as I know. And, you know, so we improvise and we make a cream sauce out of heavy cream. I don't know the exact history of it, and if I start fumbling around, I'll start stuttering again, but my guess is that's how fettuccine Alfredo came in, which I don't think is as good. You know what I mean? Um, things, things evolve based on the environment that you live in, based on the ingredients you can get, based on how you... When you start creating a new language, that's how things come out. Um, what's the other one that they uh, people say? Uh, there's another word. It's it's an abbreviation. Prosciutto. There's uh, Capricolo, which they call Gabagool. Like I don't know who fucking made that up. That drives me absolutely bananas. Um, so keeping the essence of the heritage, big, you know, communities, big families, you know, stand up for each other, um, look out for each other, um, you know, large gatherings, feasts, festas, um, you know, Italians in, in those certain parts of the country that have these big Italian communities, they would still do those things. Um, I remember we used to have rabbit at at Easter, which, you know, if, if you're looking at, you know, American um, commercialism, you would think that that was, you know, somewhat sacrilegious. Um, that's another thing, too, going to church. You know, you go to church, you go to Roman Catholic church, it's somewhat somber about an hour and a half long, peace be with you, peace be with you, you know, um, they didn't do it in Latin, obviously, because they started speaking English, um, the other one would be, uh, where you, I don't want to say disposition, but we, we act different. Like, we act different. You know, there's a stereotype for a reason. We, I'm talking with my hands right now. I'm not even really talking to anybody. We talk with our hands. We're very animated. We're loud. Uh, everybody, even if they're not, sounds like a tough guy. You know what I mean? Like, those things, you know, stereotypes are for a reason. You know, I, right now... You know, the, the Italian, you know, 4 million immigrants came at that time. And that created us as a minority status. Um, and partially, too, is the immigration law required back then that somebody sponsored you. So, like my mom, well, my, my, my nonno, my nonno died. And then my nonna remarried and she married a man with an American citizenship. But my Zia Pina had to be sponsored to come over. So with that being said, is you're not going to get sponsored by someone to come over. They are responsible for you. You're not, you're not going to move two states away. You're going to live in the same freaking neighborhood. And, you know, 
Italians moved into sections of Brooklyn, you know, sections of the Bronx even, or I think even places of parts of Harlem at times. So with that being said, you could be two Italian immigrants from two different places in Italy, and you got to find a way to communicate if you don't speak any English. So it got to be a very, you know, you know how they say Spanglish, like Italianish. I don't, I don't even know if that's a thing. Um, you know, you you start creating these languages. You're like more of an Italian American, and even my mom, born in Sicily, learned the dialect from Sicily, comes back, you know, comes and lives in New York from you know eleven. We go back to Italy in '88, so she would have been forty-one. Holy shit! No, no, she would have been thirty. She was born in 47. Yeah. So 40 years would have been 1987. Yeah. She was she was like 41 because my sister was... Yeah. So she would have been like in her 40s. And she's talking to the ladies in Italy. She's saying words that she thinks means one thing that means another. So... You, you really have to put in perspective a little bit that... You have to evolve. That language evolves. Those customs evolve. Like, you know, one thing that that was always fun was, you know, New Year's Eve. You know, you go out in the middle of the street and you smash, you know, plates. I don't remember anybody in Italy doing that except for when my when my Aunt Mary, I don't know why we don't call her Zia, but when my Aunt Mary came, you know, trying to smash a bottle of wine on the on the, the street. And she was the only person. We lived in Italy at that time. She came to visit. So. I think one of the things that I should do is I should explore a little bit more, maybe talk to my parents about some things that I that I may have missed, some traditions that, you know, are, are you know, my parents are getting old. And so you just got to look at that. So I just didn't want to lose sight or lose the opportunity to, you know, ramble on for 22 minutes and 20 seconds or whatever it is just about you know some of those mini some of those little things that i remember some of those you know little bits and pieces that i know of italian american history um that created some of our heritages that created some of the foods that are very popular with us right now or popular with us in you know in general you know lasagna is a an americanized version of lasagna in italy so you know why? Because, it, you know, getting the ingredients to make a bechamel sauce is probably more expensive than it would be. And then somebody had the, you know, somebody created ricotta cheese. Um, and that was, an, that was an acceptable substitute. So, like, little things like that. And maybe I'll do something like that. Maybe I'll transition my next episode into the, Italian, the Italian-American version of Italian foods. Um, I tend to try to talk about things that interest me or things that I know that I that I know. Um, this I know, but what's hard to articulate is as I get older and I'm like more removed from the culture, I wonder if I've lost a little bit of that culture. I wonder if I've sort of 
let my mom and dad down kind of where like we don't really do love a fauna very much here you know now i have a grandson who by looking at him you'd never know he was god he's more than half italian because bella he's probably about half italian because bella is like two-thirds italian so he's a little bit less than half italian but you wouldn't know you know what i mean his name certainly doesn't invoke that heritage doesn't invoke that culture so that's the thing. That's the thing is if you have some Italian blood in you or you have somebody from the old country or somebody that still, you know, lives in a bigger city, you know, uh, you know, and knows some of the history behind, you know, the Italian immigrant wave um, and, and some of the reasons the traditions changed, then, you know, try to latch on, try to understand, try to get some some knowledge. You know, my, my nonna, for example, makes uh, Zeppelis, but she makes them with raisins. Traditionally, they're not made that way. You know, my dad's meat sauce is different than my mother's meat sauce. Uh, my dad's meatballs are different than my mother's meatballs. You know, my mother loves to make eggplant. You know, not all Italians do. You know, some Italians, you know, or some Sicilians, even that are closer to the sea, they have more, you know, seafood-inspired dishes that you don't think about when you think about Italian food. So I'm going to end it like this. I'm going to do an episode like this every month, every week. Well, then I think there's actually five weekends in this in this month now because this one started on Saturday. Um, you know, try try to mix it up a little bit. Um, I'm very passionate about my heritage. I'm a first generation. I lived in Italy. And um, I believe the contributions that we've made to the country, to the cuisine, um, and trying to keep our, you know, our Italian, Italian traditions alive, I think is very noble. I think we've done a great job as a, as a people. And I would love to continue to educate and learn about, you know, our of a place in America and abroad. Um, I really do appreciate you guys listening. Remember Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Podvine, uh, Overcast, CastBox, Pocket Cast. Um, I'm underscore just underscore talking. Um, come follow me. Let's interact. Um, the Warriors Hammer. You can laugh. You can laugh out loud. I really don't care because it's kind of silly. Um, uh, Cello0902 is my actual screen name on there, uh, on Twitter. Come find me. Let's talk. Um, and uh, that one's mostly like sports and stuff, though, and a little bit of heritage and whatever. Um, I love you guys. Remember, respect, unity, equality, always love. So talk to you all next week.